Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, I think this is going to be a much happier episode than last week's episode because the Islanders are coming off of a huge shutout win over the Penguins and then a couple of other wins uh, earlier this week against the uh, Sabres and um, Bruins. And uh, things are looking pretty good again. For the first time in about a week, yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny when you think about last uh, last week was kind of like an in between phase. The week before that was, uh, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a rock bottom. It definitely wasn't the season rock bottom yet. I think that award goes to the uh, the Uncle Leo episodes there in Washington, but um, it, it it was like a kind of like a wait and see moment uh, of the season because you could have saw. You, I mean, the Islanders are, are they're deserving of uh, results. They're playing very good hockey. Like the processes are all working. It seems like, um, but sometimes the things just haven't gone their way. Simeon Varlamov falls over, uh, yeah. and, and Sydney that gives Sidney Crosby an empty net. Like stuff like that's happening. Uh, and as long as you can weather those storms um, and continue to play this way, the Islanders are. You know, they're they're definitely within. A ch- they have a chance of making some serious noise. Like they're definitely not likely to win the division or anything like that, but. They're, they're going to be a scary team if this this kind of is the beginning of you know what like a, a journey towards uh, the playoffs because they're playing such good structured hockey 
uh, with, you know, a few blips. I, I think of it this way, like the Islanders um, of, of the teams in the East, like the Bruins and the Islanders, their problems are more down to individuals. Um, whereas like teams like the Flyers, the Penguins and Capitals, like they have like bigger structural problems where, but they have the individuals to kind of mask over those problems. Um, so it's, it's, it is a funny, you know, I think this is barring, uh, anything kind of unforeseen. This is, this is, these are the five teams that are going to be, uh, fighting for those four spots. You can probably cross the Bruins off and say, yeah, they'll probably get in. Um, so it could be, you know, four force fighting for three, but, uh, in the normal, you know, in the old world, pre trots, pre Lamarillo, like I would be worried about that. And it's called the Islanders, the long shot, but, um, you know, it's, this is, we should be we should be used to this by now, but it's still still kind of tough uh, that that the Islanders are should be counted and probably are counted by other people outside of um, this bubble. That uh, the Islanders are one of the the teams in, that should be con- contending for this spot, and and their play, the, especially this past week, has has shown why. Yeah, um, you know, I wrote in the column today that um, you know the. the the division has sort of separated itself along the lines. I think most people kind of figured it would have, you've got the devils sabers and Rangers at the bottom. And we're going to talk a lot about the sabers later because the Islanders are going to see a lot of them coming up this week. Um, and then you've got the Bruins caps, flyers, penguins and Islanders at the top. And the problem for those five teams is that only four of them are going to make the playoffs. So who's going to miss? Somebody's going to miss and it's probably not going to be by much. And so missing, um, Saturday's game, the one loss the Islanders had this week, um, was an overtime to Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where that one point could mean a lot. Um, but the good news was they got it back with a pretty spectacular performance on Monday to go three ahead of, uh, the Penguins, or at least kick the Penguins back, I think three points, uh, behind them. Uh, let's start with that one, because I think that that's in a lot of ways, the most notable one. Um, it was a 2-0 Islanders win, second straight shutout for Ilya Sorokin, the second win, second straight win, and uh, there's you know a pretty small list of guys who have two two wins and two shutouts and a, a very small list of rookies that have back-to-back shutouts, uh, and he's on it. And um, he was great. I mean, he made 20 saves, which is the exact amount of me he made in the first shutout he had too, but I mean, he did exactly what he had to do, and, and you know, were any of them... Truly spectacular. There was one in front, I think, on Brian Rust early in the third that he was kind of in the slot. Uh, that was a big one. There was a couple of others. Um, but other than that, he was just very controlled, very calm. And the Islanders did what they had to do. Oliver Wallstrom scored uh, on the power play uh, in the first period from what we call, most people would call the OV spot. I think at some point they might end up calling it the Wally spot. We'll see. Um, and, uh, that was just a beautiful sight to see. Like that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us have been dreaming about for a lot of this time is like, Oh man, this guy, this is exactly what we've been wanting to see from this guy. And he ripped it and he nailed it. Um, Pajot scored in the second period on the power play. Um, Islanders were up 16 to eight in shots. I honestly don't think the penguins had eight shots in that game, uh, in that period, but uh, they were just dominated by the Islanders. And this is part of a pattern. Like, if you go back to pretty much every game that the Islanders have played with against the Penguins this month or last month, and it was a lot, the Islanders had moments where they just completely smothered and dominated the Penguins and then would come back and win and lose. Like, that's what drove me crazy. And so I was not comfortable with this 2 nothing lead until there was about 30 seconds left 
when I was like, okay, I think I can relax now um, because the shots were 10 to four penguins in the third period, but the Islanders really, you know, they did some good work. They, when the net was empty, they, they cycled it around and kept the penguins from really even taking a chance until, you know, a couple of dying seconds. And that was it. Um, and then the most amazing thing happened. Uh, it actually had happened earlier because it was part of the uh, Geico trivia question, but that was the first time the Islanders have shut out the penguins in the regular season since January 9th, 1986. It was Kelly Rudy who did that. And that is an unbelievable stat for two teams that have been in the same division for the better part of that 35 year period. I mean, I, my mind was blown. And at first I was mad because I thought they were, they had jinxed the shutout because they, they gave the answer in the second period. But when they didn't, I was like, that's the most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. I mean, it was 35 years. That's crazy. All the goalies Islanders have had, none of them have shut out the penguins in the regular season at any point in the last 35 years. It's unbelievable. I, I was, and when that, that that question came across, I was convinced it was Rick DiPietro. I was like, oh, mm. I, I, yeah, me too. I was like, he, he definitely shut out mm. either you know one of the, the bad Penguins teams early in his career, or maybe you know just one of when towards the tail end of Rick's Islander tenure before he moved on to the Charlotte Checkers, which is what most <laughs> people remember him for. Um, he <laughs> he uh, you know he he would like randomly pick and choose his spots where he would just be like a showstopper. Like right. that one game that HBO was in the building and uh, for the twenty four seven, and all of a sudden, you know, vintage if you can call it that. Rick DiPietro showed up and they won. But um, I, like that is astounding. Um, right. I can't believe yeah. that nobody's talked about that as much. Like before, that I'm I'm one of five. I'm the middle of five kids. Uh, not none of my siblings were born yet. I'm thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow. so it's just like my two, neither of my two older brothers were born. It's just, oh man, it's, uh, that I couldn't wrap my head around that. And I kept thinking, cause remember there was a, a time earlier in the season where they got a Geico trivia question wrong and you just oh, felt yeah. horrible for Eric Hornick. Cause you know, he's so good at this kind of stuff. And, um, I think it was like a question that the answer was supposed to be Michael Layton, but mm. something was wrong. But, uh, I was like this, am I missing a word here? Or are they saying shut out? Like by a, a rookie or NASA at Nassau Coliseum. Like there's got, there's gotta be something wrong, but no, that's it. That was their first shutout. I've never seen the Islanders shut out the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. That's exactly the best way to put it. Like I didn't know that either. It's crazy. I thought it was going to be Garth Snow, the answer, because Garth was a former Penguin. You know, I just thought it was kind of one of those things that somebody noticed like, well, that's kind of weird. And then, and even then, even if it, let's say it had been snow or even if it had been DiPietro, you're still talking about a 10-year period, <laughs> you know, um, when that didn't happen. But to be Kelly Rudy, 1986, just so you know, the number one song for that week of January 11th, 1986, Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie, uh, Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy, That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick, and Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds. Those are, those are four great songs. Those were the top songs for that week when the Islanders last shut out the Penguins. Uh, the top grossing movie of 1986, of course, is The Immortal Top Gun. Um, Iron Eagle, by the way, came out that same January. So it was a big big year for fighter planes, whatever, and, and guys with fluffy hair flying them. Um, but uh, it's uh, that's just an amazing thing. And again, the, the thing that makes it amazing is that I was 10 years – that's the day after my 10th birthday, by the way, uh, was January 9th, 1986, and I'm 45 years old. So that's how I'm able to do the math in my head. Um, 
But again, it's like these two teams have been in the same division almost the entire time. Like they've played each other billions of times. It's crazy. And uh, I I tweeted at Kelly Rudy. I'm sure other people did too to make him aware of that. I don't know if he's said anything. Maybe he'll wait till Hockey Night in Canada. I'm sure they're going to rip him for it. They ripped him for like the button that popped off his his jacket just before he went on the air the other day. So I'm sure they, they his buddies like to find ways to to uh, rip him. But I mean, it's it's not really ripping him. It's sort of like making him aware. Did you know that you were the last Islanders goalie to shut? I'm sure he doesn't know. But uh, that, by the way, was a nine nothing Islanders win, and the goalie in, for the Penguins was a guy named Roberto Romano, who I'd never heard of before. But he apparently started for the Penguins for mi- several years in the mid '80s and uh, was in goal for all nine of those goals. Like that's. I mean, how he didn't kill whoever was coaching the Penguins at the time, I have no idea. I guess he was no he was no Patrick Wall, let's put it that way, because uh, that wouldn't happen. But uh yeah, so that was pretty remarkable. But um, you know, the game itself was was very controlled and you know, not to not to spend too much time talking about the Penguins, because I'm kind of sick of hearing about them, but um that team has got a lot of issues because again, that the Islanders ran them out of the building for two periods. Like the Penguins is I know they're on the road, they've been on the road for quite some time and they probably just want to go home. But man, like they were looking very, very disinterested for two full periods until they came to life. And they've done this more than once, more than once to the Islanders, in fact, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, like that's all fine and good. And when you've got Crosby and Malkin and Latang, like that stuff can, you can still win games, but you can't possibly do that for an entire season. At some point, it's going to come back to bite you. And if you saw, if you haven't watched Mike Sullivan's press conference after that game, I highly recommend you go back and watch because he's very, very upset. And he knows it. He's a guy who knows my team just completely showed up for the third period and tried to turn it on, and they lost. They got shut out. And so they got to fix something. And people are calling for Sullivan to be fired. They're calling for this, that, and the other. I don't think anything's going to happen. But, you know, I, I hope that, that the, the Penguins continue to try and do that because that will mean that they will be the team that misses the playoffs at the end of the day. Um, but, uh, it's pretty weird. You hear about them being like the model franchise, and it's like, I don't know. They they don't look like a model franchise, you know, for two periods a game. It's kind of weird to, I don't know. Something is very wrong there. I don't know what it is, but I hope it stays around for a long time. With the with the way the schedule is like, and playing these teams over and over and over again, um, over a short period of time, that everything kind of blurs together. So if you put together like an aggregate of I think what there's not been five games between the two teams or six, whatever it's yeah, been five. Um, you'd probably say the Islanders have been the better team of those 15 periods of like 12, maybe, sure. maybe 11, 12, whatever it is. Like they've been much better. Uh, and that's, that's not, I mean, look, the Penguins, there's they're like you said, they are flawed. Um, and they, their depth is pretty uh, shaky, especially uh, on defense, but the Islanders just like, that game last night on Sunday night uh, was, it, you know, Carrie Haber always puts up those heat maps of games afterwards. And if you go into, I feel like if you go into Barry Trotz's house, like he'll just have his shelves. will have like picture frames of like heat maps of games that like he loved, like he, like he would your kids. And that one would be front and center because that was exactly what Barry Trotz wants out of a hockey game. They, they score enough and then they just aren't, they were threatened a couple times, but um the fact that like Sorokin never really had to, he did make one, one save that I remember that I was like, wow, that was extremely clever. Um, he, someone was in tight, like kind of like almost level with the goal line and trying to like a little wraparound thing or something and, you know, going over him, but he like stacked his glove on both his pads, like very 
kind of like Dominic Hasek, like um, to make the save. It's just like, it's just something I, I don't really see goaltenders do that often in that spot. And he, he certainly th- thinks the game a little bit differently from, from other goalies, which is, you know, kind of the point I was making about uh, when I was you know, joking around about that, like he's plays like, like he's someone with like a, you know, classic literature novel in his uh, pocket while he's playing or like it's, it's very operatic. Like there's like an opera playing and like the, or a classical like musical concert with like an orchestra and like the big, he makes a big save at like the, the climax or the coda or whatever it's called. Um, and then, you know, things start to calm down again and then they come back and then back up, up, up we go. Um, but it, it, I don't know of other goalies in the league who really kind of play like that. And that's kind of the reason I keep bringing up Hasha because there's, if you think of the goaltender, there's 62 goalies in the league. Um, and there are very few outliers. Like you can say Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit. He's, he's kind of like that where his athleticism kind of makes up for um, some, some like interesting predicaments he puts himself into. Uh, like the same goes Mike Smith, not as good, but, but uh, same thing, like, you know, play, likes to play the puck and stuff like that. And you got guys who like use their size, like Ben Bishop and Leonard and stuff like that. Uh, Sorokin is kind of like in between like Flurry and Hasek kind of like, like even like Marty Brodor a little bit. And, and yeah, this is like completely hyperbolic because the goaltenders I'm mentioning, like our, our Hall of Fame best goalies ever. But right. like, you know, <laughs> but like the point is like, make is like he's plays like a li- like his style is just a little bit different, I think, from most goaltenders in the league. And when you're playing... You know, when you're Sidney Crosby or you're, you know, Brian Rust or Jack Eichel, you've been playing against these goaltenders for so long. Uh, you've been playing against goalies like, you know, Simeon Varlamov or uh, you know, Tristan Jair, whoever it's been, whoever you want to say. Like, they, they all play a pretty similar game. And then Zorokin, it's not like it's completely reinventing the position at all. It's not. But he plays a little bit differently. And I, and I just wonder if, like, that's going to pay off against guys, uh, against teams who are, are expecting something different uh you know not not trying to play like playing you you're taught you know goaltenders tendencies obviously i think to, in today's game I'm, the book is out on everybody once you step into the league i'm sure there's video you know seven hours of youtube highlights for for, for them to study and be like you know he, he drops his shoulder on, on rushes whatever you want to say but in a game like it's a little different i just think he he, he like kind of confuses people a little bit um with with his style and it's just and at the same time like there's nothing um, crazy about it. Like Hashik sometimes would make a save and he would end up in the face-off circle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorokin does not like he, he, you know, he'll make these saves that you're like, damn, that was a great save. And you realize, Oh my God, he was also in perfect position on that. Uh, and like, there's nothing crazy about it. So I'm, I'm so in, like encouraged by him and just like wanting to see more and more. He didn't, and I don't know if people have noticed, but I, and maybe like, this is me projecting myself on him, but, um, there were a couple of times where they'll show him after a whistle or a save, or I think Scott Mayfield blocked the shot or something, and then the puck went out, and they showed they like zoomed in on Sorokin under his mask, and he was like smiling. I was like, this guy, he seems like he's very comfortable. Um, all of a sudden, like overnight, yeah. is like he looks comfortable. Um, so like, who knows? We still don't know like what the ceiling is with him, which is great, right? Yeah, no, he just – first of all, it didn't feel like it had been two and a half weeks <laughs> since we've seen him play in that other game against the Sabres. But, yeah, he just seemed very calm. Like he never – yeah, like you said, he never – there was no wasted movements, you know. And, again, people think – they look at the number and they're like, ah, oh, how many how many saves could he have had to make in that 20? Well, I mean, you know, if some of them – if a couple of them were, you know, really 
kind of, you know, needed at the time. And it was only a two nothing game. Like that's kind of a big deal. You know, I mean, two nothing. My wife was sitting next to me. I, again, I watch on the computer and she's like, I was trying to look at your face and I couldn't tell what the score was. I'm like, cause it was only two nothing. Like it didn't really, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, going back to Saturday's game, which the Islanders lost in overtime to the Penguins, they scored twice in 28 seconds. The Penguins did the Islanders had a two nothing lead. They were cruising for the first half of that game. It was all Islanders. They had, again, it was uh, Nelson from Wallstrom. Barzell had a great goal. Everything was coming up Islanders. And all of a sudden, in 28 seconds, like you said, Varlamov fell down. The Penguins scored. Crystal Tang scored a power play goal. And that's it. And all of a sudden, it's a tie game. Um, the Islanders took a lead late. And then 18 seconds into the third period, the, the Penguins tied up again. And so it, the, the Penguins decided to take the first 30 minutes of the game off, played only for the last... 30 and walked out with two points. And that's the kind of like frustrating, you know, series against these guys. They've had all this. Latang's winner in overtime. I'm sure Volamov is going to be seeing that in his nightmares, right? It was a nothing shot that just sort of knuckled over his glove. And it was like, really? Seriously? Um, when I saw him just, take the shot, I was like, oh, that's a mistake by Latang to shoot there because the Islanders are going to go the other. Oh, it's in the net. Yeah. And it, well, yeah, the, yeah. Like I thought he was going to like, shoot that shot at overtime and boom. It looked like he could have grabbed it out of the air with his bare hand and, and it went in. Um, and so, you know, I, I at two, nothing on Monday, I was like, this is great, but I mean, until it's over, I don't think it's over. And, uh, it turns out they, they hung on and won. And, you know, that was a huge, you know, the other thing about that was that it, that was a big, you know, you hate these kinds of, you know, grand hot take pronouncements, but like that is a kind of a huge comeback for them because that, that Saturday game was, I think, hugely disappointing for the Islanders. Again, you're coughing up points to a team that's directly behind you. That greasy-haired Latang <laughs> just basically walked in and stole two points from you, and and it's like, come on, really? Um, this after, by the way, a game that I, you know normally this would have been the game we talked about the most, but Sorokin had to go and shut out the Penguins for the first time in thirty-five years. The game on Thursday was a seven-two win against the Bruins. I mean, who the hell? That's crazy. I mean, the last time they rung up that many goals in the Bruins was like fifteen or twenty some odd years ago too, um, and just everybody scored. You had you know. Uh, uh, Martin scoring, uh, Pellick scoring, like, <laughs> you know, is that even possible? Um, Bo scored his first of the season because he had been hurt and it was a beauty too. And then uh, Eberle fake, fakes Tuka Rask out, or excuse me, it was Halak, fakes him out, scores, uh, the second two-on-one, the other one Barzell had scored on. And then when J.G. Pajot scored his shorthanded goal, I mean, that game was over. Like, it was party time at that point with a little assist from Leo Komarov. So, you know, as disappointing as Saturday's game was, you look back and you're like, you know, plus the the win against the Sabres on Monday, they took seven out of eight points uh, in, a, in a week span, including, you know, two shutouts or whatever. And uh, that's pretty remarkable. Like, you can't really ask for much better than that. Yeah, okay, you gave a point to the Penguins. But, like, other than that, that that's a that's a, about as solid a week as you can get uh, considering the circumstances. And so – you know, again, thinking about what happened. Oh no, sorry, that Monday's game wasn't the shutout. Sorry, um, but still, like that. You know, Monday's game against the Sabers was not good. Um, against Saturday, they gave up that point to Penguins. But to get seven out of eight points in a week is—I mean, if you keep doing that, I mean, you're going to be in first place <laughs> in no time at all. I don't think they're going to keep doing that. There's a lot of hard weeks coming up. But uh, all things considered, that was about probably the best you could probably hope for. Yeah, I mean, if we had set like expectations, I would have probably said like, you know, I'll get six points and I'd be thrilled yeah. and. Uh, the, the what, like another kind of 
Barry Trotz as Islanders, like I, I know there's like that stat about them in back to backs. Like I think they're like twenty two and yeah, they've three, lost two games out of like, like twenty five or something. Yeah, yeah, and um, but the the thing that that like I was thinking about um because that after that Penguins loss, the one you know they lose in overtime, you get a point out of it. You're like, ah, you know, they played so well, and we they did get a point at least. And it, there was a moment there that it didn't look like they were going to get a point. And Barry Trotz actually pointed it out in his right. press conference, which was Pelic and Polak made a mistake on. Uh, two on two, and it turned into a, basically a breakaway. I think for Jared McCann or uh, Rust and uh, Varlamov came out pretty well and forced the shot high and wide. But uh, in previous regimes, like you, you go to bed that night and you're like, okay, they they played well against the Bruins and won. Then then this game, but this next this third game of this three game set is 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 probably the most important one because because of what has transpired the two previous games. Um, and they didn't for a second look overwhelmed by that. Whereas like other teams, like they start chasing, like they, you'll, you'll notice like, all right, they, like they, they'll play a scrappy game. Maybe they'll get a point. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll lose, whatever it is. But they're, they're chasing the game. They're never really in control. Like the Islanders under trots, which is one of the things that it's taken the most getting used to is they're dictating terms of these games quite often. And, and not just games against the Sabres, but big, big games. Like that was a big game last night. And they, they, from the second of the puck drop, they're like, wow, the Islanders have showed up. Like, they're not, we're not watching them, you know, chase chase the game around. We're not watching them scramble in the defensive zone. We're not, you know, it, they didn't just give up a two-on-one that they survived because Brian Strait, you know, <laughs> blocked the shot or something. You know, there's nothing nothing like that really happening, which is really great. Uh, just considering the stakes. Like, when the stakes get, when the stakes go high, like, this team usually meets them. Uh, so... It's uh that that is like so nice <laughs> compared to what well, we're used to. You know that that goes to something uh, I haven't been keeping the uh, the Tau of Trots um, spreadsheet as I had been uh, in previous previous seasons because uh, he just hasn't really uh, said like too many um, uh, you know life lessons or whatever this season. But I think I've got enough. I mean, I got two seasons plus of life lessons by Barry Trotz, but one of my favorite ones. And I, and unfortunately it's one that I can't find the sort of source for, but I know I, I heard him say it and I saw him say it was talking about getting big and big moments. And I think that's probably something he preaches to the team a lot. Like there are big moments and that, you know, Monday's game, uh, yes, it's a regular season game against a team you've already played four times, but it's a big moment. You know, you lost, you lost on Saturday. This team is directly chasing you. Had the Islanders lost that game, I think the Penguins would have jumped over them, you know, into a playoff spot. So that was a big moment. And the Islanders came up big. They, you know, the Penguins had their push. Obviously, they're going, they're not just going to walk away and, and, you know, go gently into that night. Uh, and when they did, the Islanders were there and Sorokin was there. So, uh, you know, that, that's a big thing. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, still to this day, after two years of this, will still look at their roster and be like, ah, they don't got anybody. I don't, these guys. Uh, my model doesn't like them. Okay, well, fine. Your model doesn't like them, but like, you know, they just keep coming up big in big moments for the most part. So I don't know how that works into your model, but you know, I've seen it happen. We just saw it happen. So uh, yeah, again, it's uh, it's, it's all, all we hear about is sample sizes. <laughs> like yeah, like it, it, here's a sample size. It's it's two and a half seasons at this point, and it's been basically the same team with the same guy. The only things that have changed really are the the goaltenders. <laughs> like I don't I don't know. I never get it. I don't get the uh, 
I, 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 at some point, like, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe it would be annoying to have like these expectations thrown on us, you know, after making it to the Eastern conference finals last year, that people expected the Islanders to be good again, but thank God they didn't because it's nice. They, they're flying under the radar with the way they're playing. I think partly because they're, they, they had a, um, you know, the, the sluggish start, which still could really sink them. Uh, you know, that's the thing that does kind of give me a little, uh, Ajita is just like, you know, they, they did drop points early on in the season that they shouldn't have. And, uh, that, that kind of gave credence to those skeptics. And I think that, you know, what the first two weeks of the season, they saw that and they, they put their, uh, you know, Islanders, uh, you know, they never watched it. They didn't, they're like, Oh, I'll check back in on the Islanders in a couple months. And in those couple months, they're going to come back and when they circle back, they're going to say, okay, this team is a, you know, top five team in term at five on five in terms of expected goals and their defensive numbers look like the Bruins last year. Like um, there's a lot more to like than people I think are starting to catch on to. Uh, it's still precarious, obviously. Like I think uh, mm-hmm. it was an Arthur Stables article today that they play with the same six defensemen. I think they're the only team in the league to do that. Um, so think like things are going to go awry because they always do in, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in any sports season. Um, but they, if they play this way and, and, Wallstrom, if this is a true like ascendance, like completely changes things too, because they finally do get that guy who is a uh, you know in a blink of an eye can change the game. Like that the shot yesterday, uh, you know, Brent, I think Brendan and Butcher are a little unfair because they said like, oh, that was like the first time that we've truly seen that shot. Whereas I think in either the game before that or the game against the Bruins, he took a shot that was a, a rocket. It it was a save and Peugeot sweeped in the rebound. Or I think that was uh, the Bruins game. Like that, that was a huge moment. Like this guy is, uh, that was, um, he's got, I think, uh, Lee scored that goal, I think. Right. Right. Um, so they, but they have a weapon now that they, they haven't previously had. And like, there's, yeah. if, if there's one guy who can like figure out the best way to utilize something like that, it's Barry Trotz would be like, you know, he, he's put, he's going to set him up for success and, Sure, he might not get that type of ice time that people want, or uh, you know, who, who knows, he might get mm. scratched tomorrow in favor of <laughs> you know Ross Johnston for no reason. But like you, you do if you trust if you if you see what they're like that the Islanders are continuing to get better this season. You you just trust the uh, you trust the process within and 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 like this. I think Walsham really does uh, really change the complexion of this team, uh, especially on the. Power play, which went like eight for ten against the Penguins or something, and and they actually got penalties called uh, for them yesterday, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, I like how the second power play unit is clearly the better power play unit at this point. But I mean, if they keep scoring points and goals, like that's going to open up opportunities for the first power play unit too. So yeah, you know, it was a lot to like this week. I mean, there's a long way to go, um, and we're going to talk about this upcoming week uh, on the other side of this break. We're also going to have our next winner of Islanders eBay swag. So hang on. You'll want to hear who it is uh, and you'll want to know how you can get your own. Okay, so come back in a couple minutes. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our favorite sponsor is vintageicehockey.com where you can buy t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos like the Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New York Rovers, uh, all kinds of cool unique t-shirts and hoodies and mugs uh, there for uh, the taking. Um, they also have our Al Arbor t-shirt, uh, which you can buy, and our portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can use the code Lighthouse15, save 15%, and uh, it's just a great overall site. It's got history lessons on there. It's really cool. Check it out, vintageicehockey.com. Uh, so we're about to, uh, get into some, uh, Sabres anxiety. Uh, not so much for us, I think, but mainly for Sabres fans who, um, are at the end of their rope. They're, they're losing it. They got shut out twice this weekend by the Flyers. Uh, they play the Rangers on Tuesday. Um, Jack Eichel was hurt. Jeff Skinner was scratched. Nobody's scoring goals. Uh, it's a bad scene in Buffalo right now. And the Islanders, Play this team three times this week. They do have a game against the Devils on Tuesday. Um, you know, they're pesky, the Devils. Uh, I'm not looking past them at all. I think that, you know, the Islanders are going to have to work for that win. They don't have to work against the Sabres, too. But you have four games in a week against the two teams that are taking up residence in the bottom of your division. You have to win these games. And we just talked about taking seven out of eight points in a week where you play the Bruins and the Penguins twice. Um, this is an eight points out of eight game situation right now like they really need to and and any points lost here are going to be really 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 difficult to take and i know i'm setting myself up for disappointment but man how can you look at this schedule and not be like licking your lips right like this is just like oh man this is exactly what they need at the exact right time exactly and and with the way that that they're clicking like and especially if they you know start out um, on Tuesday night at the, the Devils, who did give them problems, uh, a lot of problems uh, in their first two meetings. Like you do get a little uh, nervous, and then you start to to really heap uh, pressure on those three games against the Sabers, and uh, it's it's just it 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 doesn't it. I think to, between the two of us, like I I get more nervous for these kind of games usually, uh, whereas like maybe you. Uh, get you know kind of write off games against the the Bruins or the Penguins or the Canadians back when the Islanders used to play them um just because like I I that feeling of losing a game to a bad team uh like I can tell you exactly how that feels like and, like in, in in uh you know in my soul like I could it's that that empty feeling uh I loathe it obviously uh, and I just don't want to feel that and like yeah the Sabres like we're going to talk a lot about them because there's a lot to talk about and it does pertain to the, the Islanders right now because of this way the schedule's called out. I mean, they're a, they're a delicious mess right now. Just like, good God. If, if, if uh, there wasn't a, a hard border uh, between the U S and Canada and their hockey world uh, right now, um, God, the, the Pierre Lebrun would be sinking his teeth into the Sabres team right now. They're mentioning, people are mentioning them in passing and stuff and like Jack Eichel and whatever. But if, if this was a regular season where, uh, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't, you know, two different leagues playing 
one with seven teams and the other with 24. Like they, they, they would, uh, God, like we'd be talking about the Sabres on every, every show that's out there because it's, yeah. there's so much to unpack with the way they are. Like, it's just like they have bad contracts. They got a star who probably wants out. They have a Taylor Hall and a, an unexpiring contract. They have a coach who's going to get fired soon. You, you'd think no goaltending. <laughs> They're yeah. re, they just rebuilt. They're going to have to rebuild again. Uh, they were supposed to be better this season. Like there's just so much there um, that you can like talk about. And we are, we're in trade deadline season apparently because every hockey outlet posted a trade deadline story today for, for I don't know why, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we, can, we can, we can dive in. Yeah. Um, well, Jack Eichel is getting the, uh, the bumps rush. Like he's already been traded to several teams. I was listening to the, the athletic NHL podcast today and, and normally it's all right, but today it just, they were throwing around like trade, trade uh, possibly, you know, just like a hypothetical trade to Ottawa. And I was like, Jack Eichel would rather retire than play for Ottawa. Like, why would he? Why on earth would he even entertain the idea? And and what's funny is that you know it's a bunch of prospects. Obviously, that's the the only people that are on Ottawa. And uh, one person was like, I would take that trade all day, and I w- I would totally trade Jack Eichel for those things. And then the other person was like, Why would Ottawa trade those prospects for Jack Eichel? And it was like, What what are you talking about? <laughs> First of all, this trade is never going to happen. Second of all, I would trade a hundred prospects for Jack Eichel. Like he's pretty good, but he's got two goals in his last seventeen games. Taylor Hall has one goal in his last nineteen games. Kyle Pozo has one assist in his last eighteen games or whatever. And I, you know, as an aside, like we love Kyle. He'll always be an Islanders legend. Um, when you're counting on Kyle Pozo to bring you offense, like that might be a sign of bad things. Like the Islanders don't count on Andrew Ladd anymore to bring them offense. He's there. He'll get a game in. I'm sure at some point somebody will get hurt, but like they're not waiting on, on him to score. Goals. They're not like, I can't believe this guy's not scoring goals. I don't know what Kyle Oposo, like they expect to show up because it ain't going to be him. Like it's just not there. Hall and Eichel and Skinner are the guys who are supposed to be scoring and they're just not. And it comes down on the coach. They, people want to fire the coach, but at the same time, They've had like four different coaches there in the last couple of years, and maybe firing another one isn't the best look. The thing that um, I forget who it was, but it might have been Pierre LeBrun, it might have been somebody else. But oh, it was John Vogel at the uh, the Athletic who brought up a good point. Like, if you fire the coach and you bring in somebody else, you that guy's going to have to quarantine unless he's your AHL coach. But their AHL coach is a rookie head coach this year. I forget who it is, and so he's going to go from like being a rookie head coach for a couple of games in the NHL, all of a sudden now he's coaching your NHL team. Like that's, that's an even worse look than, than just letting the guy run out. So um, it's, yeah, it's bad up there. I feel bad. You know, we've, we've been through similar situations like this and uh, you know what? The Islanders need to take advantage and they need to go in there. And I swear to God, if they play, if they start any of these games slow, I might, I might have a big, problem because i'm gonna just completely lose my mind and be like i can't believe you're gonna let this happen now they might end up coming back and winning those i mean you know anything can happen obviously these games haven't been played yet but that's the number one thing that's gonna drive me crazy they need to jump out on these teams get them early get them over with and just you know secure those two points and walk out the door and wait for the next one because they're they're really not going to get any easier than this week and i and i know you know i don't want to get upset myself for letdown but you got a lot of games against the Flyers. You got four games against the Bruins this month. And I know the Islanders have handled the Bruins, but 
at some point, the Bruins are going to show up and win one of these games. So you can't count on that. And then they got two more games with the stupid Penguins at the end. So, um, yeah, things are going to get harder in a hurry. The Flyers, we all know what happens when the Islanders go to overtime with the Flyers. Bad things happen. It's not a team that's going to go away easily, too. So they really need to take advantage of this week and really need to take those points because, like you said, they're going to it's going to come back and hurt you if you don't get them. So the the funny thing, like I, the Ico situation, it's it has that similar um, taste to it that a lot of other star players uh, when they get mentioned in rumors had. It's just it's just a you know I've for the past three years I've just been waiting for Jack Eichel to get traded to the Rangers, and <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's always gonna, them. It's, it seems like it's, it's going to happen pretty soon. Like yeah. it's like it, it feels like we're getting there, and it's going to be a very underwhelming, you know, typical Rangers get bailed out. They get Ryan McDonough for Scott Gomez kind of move, um, but <laughs> wow. so that that's yeah. <laughs> like that's frightening me a little bit. But um, yeah, the it's it's and and put the it's just it's coming like i just know it's coming i've I've kind of like been okay with it because i've like in my head jack eichel's been a ranger for for forever like because i'm like oh like yeah jack eichel soon to be new york ranger uh every time i see him he just feels like a ranger too he, he, he just really does everything about him um and it's it's when it comes it's gonna suck but i'll be ready for it uh and, and like with like the other guys too like taylor hall that situation is going to be hilarious to watch because you're going to be like, okay, so now Taylor Hall is going to go. Taylor Hall, former number one overall pick who won the MVP like three seasons ago, is going to be yeah. on his fourth team in, in th- three years. Uh, okay. Uh, you got to start wondering about that situation. Um, so, like, and they can't score. So, like, we we both know, everyone listening to this show remembers of uh, a time when, like, the Islanders were just owned by a team. The, the Philadelphia Flyers come to mind, like, they just didn't beat them for three years, basically four years. Right. Uh, I remember when they like, couldn't uh, beat the Capitals. They went like 10 years between beating the Capitals, you know? The Senators, like but, they were just teams. They were just teams yeah. who always did it. And I would love to, I would like to be that team against somebody. Uh, <laughs> and there's an opportunity to be that team against the Sabres, which would be nice. It would be, yeah. you know, you mentioned the, the playoff series in your column today. Like it would be a little bit of revenge for that 2007 first round. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I Playoff series loss that that I bring up every episode. We, you know, it would be nice. It would be nice to have the Sabers to be like the boogeyman team for for a team. And uh, yeah, why not the Sabers? Yeah, um, there there might be. Now I, I I agree with you. Like the Rangers are always in these kinds of situations. Would not surprise me in the slightest if Jack Eichel did in fact get traded there. That name was brought up on on that athletic hockey show today too, and they were like, "Would you trade Alexis Lafreniere and?" Uh, uh, who's the other guy? Shesterkin for Jack Eichel. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm sure they're going to totally do that. But um, there is another team, though, that might throw a wrench in in the works here. And that is Jack Eichel's own hometown, Boston Bruins, who, you know, could uh, – they're getting older now. Obviously, you know, Bergeron is still great, but, like, they can use another center there. Um, there was an article on The Athletic today also by Fluto Shin- Shinzawa, who's actually really good. Uh, and, um, you know, he didn't make a really compelling case, not because, you know, of how he writes, but because the Bruins just don't have the kind of assets to give up. And it was like, you know, are they going to ask for Charlie McAvoy or something like that's ridiculous. So I can't see that happening, but I can see a situation where like Eichel kind of 
maybe doesn't want to play for the Rangers and would rather play for the Bruins. His home, if he's going to force a trade, why not force a trade back to his hometown? Uh, I can see maybe that happening. So, you know, or maybe he just stays. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're all basing this on the fact that he looks like he wants to leave. You know, like he just looks like he's done with the whole situation. Um, there's, you know, but the whole team looks like they're done with the situation. I've been saying if Kenny Malkin looks done with Pittsburgh for like three years now and he's still there. So, I don't know. Maybe they maybe get straight to the Penguins, which would be even worse for all of us, you know. So um, maybe he just stays there. So I don't know. It's it's a weird, you know, it's tough. And he's got years left. He's got a no new move clause that kicks in at the end of this year. So if he's going to move, it's going to be this year. And if he's going to, you know, if it's going to be this year, it might be during the regular season because, you know, there's no point in waiting around. Their season is all but done at this point. Like they just can't score. They can't win games. And, you know, you're buried at this point. So I don't know. I, I don't envy anybody up there. It's, you know, the perpetual rebuild is grinds on and, and we've been in that situation and it's only within the last couple of years, surprise, surprise, when Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarello took over that the Islanders have gotten off of that train and are on a different train now. So uh, even the Oilers perpetual rebuild looks like it's on <laughs> track to, to someplace else. I don't know where, but it, you know, they're, they're kind of off of that train now too. So it's really just the Sabres at this point. So We'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, and then the Devils too. Uh, like you said, they they gave the Islanders problems. There was a, last time they played the Devils, they got shut out by Scott Wedgwood, who has neither been he- heard nor seen from again. So well, <laughs> I don't know what what's going to happen on Tuesday. Uh, the Devils, I think, are fully healthy now. I think they got all Nico Heischer and all those other COVID guys back. So um, yeah, well, you know, that's going to be a tough one. I don't want to look past them to the Sabres game, but I hope the Islanders don't. I don't think they will, but. Uh, they, you know, they need to take care of business there because the Devils can definitely hurt you uh, if you're not paying attention because they, you know, they just they just don't go away. It's really kind of an annoying mm-hmm. habit that they have. The, the, <laughs> um, one, thing, the, the, one, the one thing I was I can remember about Scott Wedgwood that I always remember about Scott Wedgwood uh, is that he his Devils outfit, like his black pads and helmet, uh, mm. made him made reminded me a lot of uh, Scott Clemenson, who uh, obviously lost that game. In that two thousand, but to get to that Buffalo Sabres series, uh, that shootout loss to Wade Dublowitz and the Islanders, uh, Clemenson had those black pads and a similar kind of like look to his uh, to his game and stuff. And and then I think Scott Clemenson, who actually ma- uh, he married like one of my childhood babysitters, is his wife, which is strange. But he uh, yeah. he's also he and so that that's why I know he's a, a native of Des Moines, Iowa, for just because of that, which is strange too. But wow. he's now he's the um, the director of goaltending, I think for the devils. So I wonder, I, you know, when I saw Wedgwood and I was like, dang, he looks like Scott Clemenson. I like Googled Scott Clemenson saw he was the director, I think of uh, the devil's like goaltending situation. I was like, I wonder if uh, Scott Clemenson and, you know, it's, he still has his old devil's gear and the two of them, uh, you know, meet, look mm. like they're mirrors images of each other, but that's just kind of how my brain brain works with this stuff, uh, which is probably not normal, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, just 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 that was the only thing. Like, I honestly don't really remember much about those games, uh, other than other than that, and just being like, "Wow, we're just not going to score against this journeyman goalie." And uh, at that time, <laughs> well, he uh, had that, that, that one year, Scott Clemenson, where he was like the starter, and he was great. Like, he was really, really good that one year, and then that was it. And again, yeah, he, was he was never heard from again. He was like the original backup who parlayed one good season into a like bad contract with the next team because he went to the <laughs> Panthers. On like they were like, yeah, mm. this is our guy, Scott Clemenson. Like, no, no, he's not. Trust me, you don't want to make You're him right. a guy. Yeah, I forgot about that. 
You're 100 percent right. Like he's he was like basically what Carter Hutton is now. Like like you have one good year as a backup, and everyone's like, all right, like let's let's give this guy four years for six million and, mm. and see how it works. Whoops, <laughs> and and then it's like, oh, he's been put on waivers. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, because my brother in law is a big Devils fan, and he was like, for half of that season, he's like, they should have kept Clemenson. They never should have let him go. They should have kept him. And then I kept thinking like. Yeah, but the Panthers kind of suck, like still, you know? So uh, that's right. Wow, that's pretty funny. Wow, little trip into devil's history there. So, yeah, so you never know. Like, you know, some they could Eric Comrie or whatever could stand on his head on, you know, Tuesday and, and keep the Islanders at bay for 60 minutes. And before you know it, you're, you're a trivia note. So, uh, okay, uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, our reviews this month. Uh, as we've been saying, if you leave us a review at iTunes and you put your Twitter handle or Instagram handle in the review, you will be entered automatically into our totally unscientific, uh, randomly generated number thing uh, to win some Islanders eBay swag, courtesy of Mike. Uh, did did you send? Did you ever send that thing to that guy? Yeah, yeah. He it's it's in transit uh, to, oh, okay. to Carl, who uh, he, so, he lives so in Carl, when you get it. Oh, it's going to matter. Okay, so it'll take a few days. But Carl, when you get that item, please take a picture of it, post it to your Instagram, let us know what it is so we can share it with everybody else. Uh, We have uh, less reviews this week, but still, uh, we have six here. uh, And I have my random.org website up with the numbers entered. So we are going to click that button and we'll see who our winner is. All right, survey says number two. The winner is Mikey Calarco. Mikey, uh, you are our winner of uh, this month's Islanders eBay swag. Congratulations. This totally random event <laughs> in your life. So Mike is going to reach out to you and uh, he's going to can uh, share your address and some very strange Islanders thing will eventually arrive in your mailbox. And we really appreciate your review. We appreciate everybody's reviews. Please, please keep them coming. I mean, we're going to do it again next month, too. So. Leave us a review at iTunes, put your Twitter or Instagram handle in the uh, review itself, and you can enter a chance to win. So this is fun. I mean, it's fun just looking at Islanders eBay stuff anyway. You never know what you're going to find in there. It's all kinds of weird. Yeah, speak, speaking shit. of the Buffalo Sabres, I actually bought a Buffalo, Sabre, like the slug jersey the other night on eBay for like Did 20 you really? bucks. You Anybody's know, I, name on it? Or just- no, I, I was, if I was looking for, like, like I said, like I really hated those teams because of that series but like i, I really I'm, I'm trying to build out my like mid-aughts dead puck era uh mm. jersey collection um uh, and that was one that i was like you know what i'll just buy the slug um and if, if i had to pick somebody like i probably would have went for like maximum fennaganov i think like mm. some you know um, who miro shatan didn't with wear those right no no he was with us he was with us right get, yeah. getting booed every time he touched the puck that series <laughs> yeah i mean ryan miller is the first guy that comes to mind uh who's the other guy tyler myers comes to mind when i think of those jerseys but he's still in the league which is pretty wild you think about it because but he was a huge he was like their second overall pick or something like that one year one one of those other sabers rebuilds he was up there i remember pierre going nuts because just telling us how tall this tall guy is. He's like, you won't believe how tall this guy is. Like, Stano Char. Like, no, Pierre, we see the same highlight you see. We can tell he's tall. Like, yeah. We, we know. We, we can see it. He must, on- have, he, he must have been so mad the other day because the uh, the NBC broadcast didn't have him on. And they were talking about all their uh, – the, the Bruins and Rangers all have all these guys who went to uh, schools in New England. 
uh, between oh, them. Yeah. And uh, it was Brian Boucher like talking about it. And Pierre was probably, I can't imagine how he was probably screaming at the TV. Like, you, <laughs> Brian, don't forget about Charlie McAvoy and the Long Island goals. Make sure you tell the story about the coach. <laughs> I wonder if he's at home like shouting at the TV about little trivia notes that Boosh or Eddie or whoever doesn't say during the game. I mean, I'm assuming he does because that sounds like the kind of thing he would do. But uh, I'm just picturing it now. And, you know, his wife is probably like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'll see you later. Bye. And he just takes off. <laughs> she takes off uh, to, until the game is over, you know, because you can't stand it. Yeah, honey, how can you leave? Patrick Kane's about to score his 400th goal on NBCSN. Can you believe oh, it? Oh, dude, don't even. Patrick Kane is a great player. He's had a long career. Uh, I think we're we're about done with the Patrick Kane thing. Like, I, I hope this 400th goal is like the cutoff now. Because I, I was telling you the other day, if according to NBCSN, we've talked about this before. If you, if you only watch hockey on NBCSN, you think that TJ Oshie is the greatest player in the history of the National Hockey League. Again, if you only watch, if you only take in hockey information from this network, you think that TJ Oshie and Patrick Kane are the only two American hockey players. That matter. Maybe they're the only two that have ever been in the entire league because they will never talk about anybody else. And then Brian Boucher doesn't count. Like he's doesn't, you know, but it's really, it really is amazing that they, they, I mean, again, Kane's great. Three goal, three cups, 400 goals. It's not, it's a lot to, he's had an MVP. He's Art Ross. He's got everything going for him. That's fine. Let's move on to somebody else now. You know, where's, where's Andrews Lee's uh, uh, <laughs> package, you know, uh, the clip show package. I don't think we're going to get one. Oh, actually, that reminds me. Um, so the Islanders and Sabres Sunday game. So the Islanders have back-to-back matinees this week against the Sabres. Monday, uh, Saturday at 1, and then Sunday at noon. That noon game is on NBC. It's Channel 4 if you're in New York. So make sure you watch it there. Again, maybe we'll get an Andrews Lee highlight package. You never know. I doubt it. But uh, that's kind of a big deal for them. I, I was watching, like, Hockey Day in America starts with Islanders Sabres. Oh, okay. That's I'm sure a lot of people are going to tune in for that one. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I, I I found out about it cuz I saw mm. when they were like montaging it in bef- in a break of the action uh between in, in the Red Wings Blackhawks game. Uh yeah, so like an Islanders clip and I'm like, "Wait, why are they showing the Islanders? Like they're not playing on NBC <laughs> Hockey Day in America. Why would they do that?" Uh which mm. th- it's just hilarious to uh, I think that was a fourth game between the Red Wings and Blackhawks. And I get the Blackhawks yeah. have actually been pretty good this year. And three of them have been on NBC Sports or NBC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it was – well, it was – I was watching uh, the Bruins-Rangers game. And then they were like, next week, Bruins-Rangers. Like, wait, aren't I watching the Bruins-Rangers? or right? Like, we got to watch them again in a week and a half. Oh, come on. Anyway, but we, we've, we've had our – We've had our fill of uh, those guys for now, but anyway, so yeah, so Sunday noon four o'clock, uh, noon channel four, put it on, enjoy, uh, a, probably their only primetime game of the year. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, you know, hopefully there'll be back to back wins for them. That'd be great. Uh, okay, uh, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back sometime next week, uh, maybe Monday again, uh, maybe Wednesday. We'll see uh, another packed week coming up. Uh, another game against the Bruins, so we'll see how that goes. Um, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date news and discussion. Uh, you can follow us uh, at LHH Podcast. I keep forgetting to tell, follow that on Twitter so you can get all the updates from uh, from us and from uh, Joe and Noel's PT Isles. Uh, where can everybody follow you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. You can follow me at Culture of Losing. 
And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, it's going to be a big one for the Islanders. So hopefully uh, this will be, it'll be another happy episode. Because <laughs> this one, we've been in a pretty good mood. And I'd like to keep that going. So that'd be great. Okay. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.